We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacker Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hello, my friends. Welcome to Group Therapy. It's been some time since we've had to, uh, to talk in one of these in a sad way. Um... I'm Kirk Henderson, Editor-in-Chief of MavsMoneyBall.com. You're joining me on the newly renamed Spotify Live. And we're here to hang out after the Dallas Mavericks fell to the Utah Jazz 99-93 at home. As we all know, they were Luka-less, which isn't really surprising as the week fell on. And the Mavericks kind of, um, I think you can take this game you want. Uh, Josh Bowe and I just finished recording a podcast. And if you're a positive fan, there's things to take away. If you're a negative fan and you are pissed that the Mavs lost a winnable game, I completely understand. So here's what we're going to do. Here's what we're going to do. You're going to uh, invite yourself up on stage if you have a take you want to get off. If you have if you want to vent, if you want to ask a question, we'll talk a little bit. Um, hit that request button. Uh, I will call your name and invite you up. There might be a little bit of a, you know, make sure you're staying in this app. If you switch over to another audio app, it sometimes doesn't let you actually speak. Uh, look for the green light to or green circle around your name to be lighting up because that's how you can tell that you're actually being heard by the crowd. Um, all right. Uh, coming up first, I'm going to bring on my man, Aaron. Hi, Aaron. Welcome. Hit the unmute button one hey, more time. Hey, what's up, Kirk? Welcome. Oh, you know, I'm, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not as bummed about that game. Like, I'm a little frustrated about the inefficiency of of the the offense i mean 38 percent from the floor as a team sucks but i don't know there's there's both positives and negatives take away how are you yeah i'm 100 percent with you on that uh you know like uh uh especially shit i forgot where i was going with that but yeah yeah i wasn't disappointed i went into the game you know thinking we almost didn't have a chance and it was the offense was dreadful to watch at times but they fought hard you know it was 
it was entertaining. That Royce O'Neal shot was a huge nut kick because uh, we were starting to feel like, oh, okay, we can steal this one. But uh, was I the only one thinking we should have played the Boban card in the fourth quarter there? Because we could not get scoring or rebounds, and that's what he does. Like, well, I felt like this was a perfect Boban. I'm not sure Boban would have helped with the rebounding. He might have helped with the scoring, but – I mean, this is this is just sort of the the challenge when you lose a player like Luca, or really lose anybody that was in their top seven rotation, where you have to play Josh Green, you have to play Bertans, and I've been in here for the better part of a month saying neither one. You know, I I, I think the Mavericks are going to have to play, but if they were going to win, both those guys were going to have to play pretty well, and in their 28 minutes. Neither was really effective. I mean, it, it's it's very challenging for me. I don't, you know, I still think Josh Green has a game in him where he does, like, you know, a chaotic good stuff. Tonight was not that game. Four wide open threes and his shot was broken. Uh, uh, Bertans, you know, ran around like a madman, actually played pretty well. But if he's going to be out there 18 minutes, they got to get him a shot. Like, like, he took three shots and two of them were forced. So it's like... I, I find myself just frustrated on the offensive scheme because they ran like they ran the exact same offense they had with Luca, only it's Dinwiddie and Brunson doing it, and they shot 15 of 39, which is horrendous. So it, it's you know if if you're going to run this sort of system, then you you, you got to hit your shots, and collectively as a team, nobody did. Yeah, I mean it was exactly like you said. They're trying to run the Luca offense, but honestly, what's what is what's uh what's the what should we do like what's uh the other I mean, option? There's not much to do. Like when you lose a top five player, you you wish in one hand and crap in the other and tell me which one gets filled first. Like it, <laughs> they they played a pretty good game, but they shot the ball really poorly. So if you're if you're the this is why I think if like if you're a guy who who does not respect Utah at all, that game didn't really give you a lot more respect for Utah. Give you some like they should have won by like twenty five points. They were not passing to Rudy Gobert under the basket as he's like ceiling. They uh, they're a bizarre team. I, I don't know how I don't know how to feel about them. No, and their dysfunction is the only thing that gives me hope if maybe we get Luca back in a couple games. But uh, it was it was a tough watch, but it was fun to watch playoff basketball again. You know, it's about what we expected. Just wanted to jump on and say that I'll let I'll sure get thing. off. No, thanks for coming up. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I had a like I had a great time watching that game. I love being mad about meaningful basketball. That was fun. Okay, coming up next is my guy Sam. How you doing, buddy? Hey, what's up, Kirk? How are you? I'm good. What you got for us? Well, um, you know, that was a very, very bad way to lose in the fourth quarter. I mean, I was really just like um, Aaron just said with the Royce O'Neal three. That was kind of the gut kick, and, sure, or the gut punch, but. Yeah, we got, I, I, we got. I, I think we should not be, be as mad because the fact that this game was this close and Luca was not even playing, I, I think it should. Okay, I know we're down one zero, so there should be some concern. But I think that if Luca, if Luca can play game two, then it, there's a good chance we're winning all those games. I mean, that, that is kind of bold, like not even losing one of those games. But I, I don't think that this Jazz team is just good enough. I mean, they don't use Rudy Gobert. Like enough. It's just ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, how many? He didn't have any points, did he? Oh no. I mean, he didn't have any baskets. Um, I was looking at this earlier, but I didn't really write about it. Yeah, he was 0 for one from the floor, five points and 17 boards, and really felt like he controlled elements of the game. 
I, I don't know what that wizard of Quinn Snyder is thinking. Uh, I, he's, he's really a wizard, like you said. Uh, I, I just, I, I don't know, but, um, we really gotta appreciate Dwight Powell as well, too. I mean, even, I, I feel like the defense did a really good job switching. Like, rotating. Well, I mean, this is kind of the math defense we've been seeing, but offensively, it's just that was stagnant, no ball movement. Dallas team defense was pretty good. Individual defense, no. like Spencer Dinwiddie got roasted alive. Um, where we got really killed was an area that was obvious in the pregame and, you know, the week up. When you lose Luka, you lose a great rebounder. And the Jazz put 13 offensive rebounds to seven. They also uh, scored 22nd chance points to the Mavericks, seven. And that Royce O'Neal three, I could be mistaken, but I think that was off of a second chance shot. Yeah, it was, got, it was. He That's got why. his own rebound on a drive and then went back out to the three-point line. They passed it to him, and he hit a three where Spencer got cooked alive again. Like, that might have Spencer, been a third like, chance. That might have been Spencer was really awful. I, 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 I hate to be like like single player lost the game, but Spencer, for as, as good as his counting stats look, he was really quite bad. And and it was kind of shocking. And Brunson, I feel like, I mean, you also said like Brunson too. I mean, he was nine for twenty-four. He wasn't as efficient as he, as he should be too. Usually, especially yeah, well, yeah. the shots that he takes, all the layups and mid ranges, and he doesn't take that much, you know, difficult. I mean, well, he does take difficult shots, but those are shots he usually makes. So yeah, yeah, there was the Spencer, the the Brunson stuff is he missed like three early. You know, I mean, the fact that he took. This is kind of impressive to a degree. He took 21 two-point shots. That's that's impressive in today's NBA. 90s basketball, <laughs> man. 90s basketball. <laughs> so, all right, man. Thank you. Thank you very much. You got anything else? Yeah, I got one question. I'm, I I don't I don't think you're probably gonna want to talk about this, but when when do you think we'll get the chance of coming back? Because I I, I want to go see them play. Seeing the AC the AC center like. This loud, it makes me want to go to a playoff game so bad. I'd say game, I, I think he comes back for game three. I mean, it's Thursday, so that's six days away. I don't think he plays Monday. Okay. I, I, I agree. I think that the smart thing is just to rest him game, too. Sure. We, we should have won this game, but, yeah. I gotta, hey, thanks, I, Kirk, for letting me talk, man. Oh, sure thing, buddy. I got a cramp yesterday when I was uh, running at Orange Theory, and it was in my left calf, and I was like, I'm Luka Doncic. All right, coming up next is, oh, goodness, we got a ton of people. Jordan, what's going on? Hey, Kurt. How's it going? So, that was a fun game to watch. Um, I'm surprised it got as close as it did. Well, not surprised, but happy that it got as close as it did, Um, which kind of makes me – fully believe that if Luka is 100% healthy, we sweep the Jazz. I like the take. Uh, because, like, I mean, they, like you said, they should have won by 25. I assumed after that third quarter, I was like, okay, we're probably going to lose by, like, 12 or 14, hopefully 10, and, you know, make it a game. But, they, I mean, they got it closer, and, you know, 1-3 changes this whole game um, there at the end in the final three minutes. I tend to agree. Uh, so, a lot of positives. Uh, you know, obviously a lot of negatives with Spencer Dinwiddie and, uh, you know, his defense and offense both today. And which was weird because he started the game at what, like plus 11, right? I mean, he was like, like both him and Brunson were, they took care of the ball, 
relative, you know, they, they, they did well on that. And the Mavericks only had seven turnovers. And I just sort of thought that like the offense was so stagnant for, for stretches. And then it's like, you get to the end of the game where the Mavericks are rallying and they're really pressing and pushing. And I sort of, you know, this isn't reasonable, but my brain is always like, how come they don't play like this more often? Like push, 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 push. The Jazz, as Istok Franco told me, are 23rd in the league in transition defense. The Mavericks scored transition buckets tonight. Like I just, I wish they would have. I wish they would have done. Um, I wish they would have done more, more stuff like that. Yeah, and man, it just like, like if if Powell didn't play some of the defense that he played to played today, um, I wouldn't know he was in the game. Right. Like that's how that's how much Luca means to this whole offense and Dwight Powell because I'm like, I see them running the exact same plays with Luca, but not once did he ever like give Powell a shot, which I guess, you know, granted Rudy was in the paint and pretty much swatting everything, um, which begs me to wonder what Kleba was thinking on that drive. The one in the first half drive where he got swatted going left. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That one. Like, Maxi Maxi's play was all over the map. I, I described it as we got the entire Maxi Kleba experience in one game where it's like he looks great, he hits a three, he looks terrible, he can't play defense, he can't, you know, then he hits four clutch free throws, then he gets blocked, then he hits a three, and it's like, uh, like what is this? Is it, you know, we, Maxi's just got to find some confidence and roll with it. Yeah, but – I think kids. I, I think this team's gonna be okay. Uh, I I also don't think Luke should play um, the second game just to be safe. Uh, because once he comes back, we can win four games in a row uh, against this team because they look um, they look pretty bad uh, collectively. I see both sides. I mean, I think they would disagree. They missed a lot of like point blank layups, but I thought the Mavs' defense at the rim was better than it had any business being. Right. So, all right, Jordan. I'm getting some background noise there. I'm gonna let you go. Okay. All right. Later. Uh, all right. Yeah. Uh, coming up next, my buddy Juan. Hey, Juan. What do you got for us? Hit that unmute button, Juan. Unmute. There we oh, go. Hey, can you hear me? There we go. Uh, can you yep. guys hear me? Yep. All right. Uh, no, I just, I just came back from the game, and uh, my frustration was towards uh, the refs. Uh, I mean, I feel like they were just calling every little thing, and you know, it's playoff basketball. I think you have to let some calls go. Um, I think that definitely swayed the game towards the towards the Jazz, uh, and also, you know, with Spence missing six free throws, that was unacceptable as well. Um, so I'm just a little frustrated. Uh, I'll be back. Well, we'll be back on game, you know, game two on Monday. So I'm hoping we make those adjustments where we can at least start, you know, bulk down. And I like. I don't expect Luka to play on game two. Uh, really, just depends on how the Mavericks. Uh, you know, come out and play, and he might show up on Game Three. Uh, just, but I don't know. I just want your thoughts on, you know, with Bertans on the defensive end and the refs. Uh, that's all I got. Thank you, Juan. I'm gonna let you go here. Um, but my my thoughts are like, I thought that the refing was uneven. I thought it was fair. The Mavericks actually got to the free throw line 34 times, so it's kind of hard to be too mad about anything ref related. Um, I thought the first half they let everything go on both sides. And then in the second half, they're calling all sorts of touch foul stuff. Um, That was very frustrating to me in terms of consistency. But I do think it was pretty fair. 
I didn't, you know, the only time that I hate, the only call I absolutely hated was the flagrant. Um, and that's just because, and they've been calling that all year where it's like you, you hit a guy in the head and it's a flagrant foul automatically. There was no intent there. That, that thing sort of drove me crazy. Um, okay. Adrian, welcome. What's going on? Adrian, you there? Hi. Yes. Yeah, sorry. Uh, I'm here. Uh, I don't know what, <laughs> I don't know where to, where to start. I think it went much better than I expected. I thought the team would be uh, blown out today, and in fact, I think we did pretty well. Um, pretty disappointed with uh, Dean Whitty, to be honest. Uh, not only the free throws, but just uh, at times uh, trying to finish through contact with, you know, on Gobert, I thought that was pretty dumb. Uh, Dwight Powell did a few times, Cleaver as well. And then, as you said, he was a black hole on on defense, so he, he, he doesn't need to be much uh, much better in the next games. And also Brunson, uh, not disappointing. I mean, he he tried his best, but again, uh, it feels like um, with a look on the floor, he he tries too too much, perhaps, and um, he's out of control at, at times. I don't know what what do you think about that. I I, I thought he over dribbled. You know, it, it's like if you don't get a guy on your first four shimmy shakes, pass the damn thing. Like it, <laughs> there was like yeah, I, I exactly. And and sometimes he got fouled. Like to start the fourth quarter, he like drew two or three fouls, which were really important down the stretch. But I, I watched that game, and I'm just like, this. There's just a little too much. Little too much is all. And and if you take 21 two point shots and get to the line six times, that means the kind of shots you're taking are difficult mid-range pull-up stuff where you're not getting the contact. I'm sure he argue, he would argue he deserved more contact. I think in the first half he might have an argument, but you know, it, it wasn't enough like it wasn't the sort of thing that I thought swung the game. I thought that he took bad shots at bad times just often enough um to counter the fact that he was, you know, he also hit a few incredible shots. So it's I don't know, it's just a little too much and not efficient enough. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I also thought we had pretty good momentum going on in the second quarter, and then we, uh, especially Josh Green, missed, uh, you know, a few yeah. open shots. Reggie Bullock did as well, and you know, I think we could have built a good lead there, but we we missed a chance. Yep. So, so yeah, no, it's a, it's a shame because I don't know how many how many games uh, we're going to see from uh, Donovan Mitchell like this. I think the the um, the whistle we got in the fourth quarter was uh, pretty favorable as well. Very so friendly. It's um, it's I don't know. It feels like we should have uh, won this one, but what can we do? That's right. <laughs> we hopefully we win game two, and then hopefully we'll guys back, and yeah, we can send them home in six. <laughs> That's right. Well, thank you, Adrian. Uh, cheers. Thank you. Bye. Yep. Okay, coming up next, let's go to my guy Brandon. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. Uh, perfect timing. Just got home. Um. You know me, I'm normally pretty negative. Uh, I'm not as bummed as I thought I would be after that game. Uh, obviously, with Luca out, uh, it's, you know, it's an easy excuse there. But honestly, if Luke, I don't think Luca's coming back game two. But assuming yeah, game three, which I feel is reasonable because I think it's like a 12-day turnaround, pretty average, I think we get him in six, even regardless of whether we win or lose. Monday. I think I mean, y'all are nuts, but I love this confidence still. Like everybody's like, yeah, we're just gonna win four straight. It's gonna be great. I, I mean, <laughs> but here's the thing. Like, I was pretty nervous about Utah. I didn't love the matchup. I, it was kind of like the bet. I 
preferred it over Denver. I preferred it over potentially healthy Warriors. But after looking at this team, with a Luka that's any like where close to healthy, I, I don't. I wouldn't have been surprised if we would have swept them. This team, they, I don't know what the hell their problem is. Like they're just not as good as they should be. Um, like this wasn't a situation like earlier in the season with Phoenix where the only reason we were in this game is just because we hit a bunch of threes. I, this was just a pretty average game from both teams. And if Dinwiddie doesn't brick a bunch of free throws, we might've won. So I mean, I, I think what, I, I think what the Mavericks did is team defense chasing guys off the three point line was effective. I also think that the rim defense was kind of combination effective and lucky. Um, like Donovan going one of eight in the first quarter, he had two layups that he like needlessly like dipsy dude and went under the rim. Like, I, I, I don't know. I, but at the same time, it, it goes to what somebody mentioned where it's like, uh, our gentleman just came up here who talked about the second quarter run where the Mavericks should have extended their lead and instead just missed everything. So it, exactly. Um, yeah, they, you're completely right. By the way, they, the jazz only got 22, three pointers. We did a great yeah. job running them off the line. Um, so no, I, I'm, I'm still very upbeat, which after some, a gut punch like this, uh, I feel like I'd normally be pretty pissed, but uh, pretty optimistic. I, I still think we can even steal game two because Dinwiddie had all around a pretty bad game. Like I know some of the numbers are going to look fine, but it, he had a bunch of bad turnovers. Obviously all the free throws were horrendous, horrendous. By the way, I hate how Rudy Gobert, who is a bad free throw shooter, turns into Steve fucking Nash on the free throw line against us every fucking game. He, I looked it up. He's like 15 of 19 for the entire season, almost 80%. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Ridiculous. Well, you know, he (sighs) – this is vibes talking here. But the man's been to the playoffs a lot. I think he has confidence in himself. And the Mavs, for a significant portion of that game, and this is really Brunson's first significant minutes in the playoffs, the Mavs looked like a team to be like, oh, shit, we're in the playoffs for, like, just long enough in that game. So, so, And the Jazz did not. Like, it, they looked comfortable from the get-go. I mean, they jumped out to that 8-2 lead, and I was like, oh, no, this is going to be a bad day. And then the Mavericks just sort of worked themselves back in it, but then the Jazz swatted them away. So, I don't know. Yeah, no, I mean – and one thing, because my buddy was texting me, um, he you know he was nervous at the end of the third, but uh, Mavs are obviously the best team coming back from down ten, and yeah. famously blows all the leads. So wasn't surprised that it ended up being a close game, even if the refs in the fourth specifically, even after fucking up the first three quarters, kind of helped out with that. For but, sure. No, we'll bounce back. Uh, again, I'm still holding Mavs in six. We got this. Luke is coming back, and uh, more Dwight Powell. That's that's More what I'm pal. All right, Brandon. Thanks so much. Talk soon. Talk soon. Later. Uh, hey, Max. What you got going? Hit the unmute button one more time. Give Max a second here. But, yeah, I don't know. This was one of these games where uh, I just want to play again, and they play Monday night a little bit later. Max, since you can't hit that unmute button, I'm going to kick you off. Sorry, buddy. Um... Let's see here. Let's go with Derek. Hey, Derek. Derek, hit the unmute button. There we hey, go. Hey, can you hear me? I can. Oh, man. 
What a game. <laughs> I like playoff basketball. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, I guess positives. Um, you know, we fought really hard, and it was a very close game, despite what the national media thought it was going to be, I guess. <laughs> um, the, uh, uh, you know, Brunson, I thought played better than what I thought most people might think he might play <laughs> too. Um, what do you mean? I just, you know, based on past, past playoff experience, you know, and him going up against, I guess, better, uh, better defense the last couple of times, you know, this series, we kind of expected him to be better, but you know, it was like, well, let's just wait and see, I guess, kind of if he pulls it off and I, I thought he played, I thought he played better. Not definitely not. Uh, he, he definitely has room to improve uh, based on what he did, but sure. But yeah, as Ethan points out in the chat, he didn't play scared, which I do think is a valid criticism of how he played against the Clippers. I mean, he no. played no. 114 minutes last season or last playoffs and scored 56 points. He didn't really, you know, he shot the three ball, but it's like his per game averages, like the Mavericks got crushed in the minutes where he was, was leading the team. And that that's thanks. Oh yeah, for sure. And uh, just uh, the main reason I wanted to come on here is like, you know, Dinwiddie has to play better if we're going to win a game without Luca and uh, Bertans. Gosh, I, you know, they, it, every time he was on the floor, it seemed like the jazz really wanted to go after him on when they were on offense. And it's like, does his, uh, does Bertans offense, outweigh the liability that oh no it doesn't you know it it really doesn't and and exactly exactly (laughs) people have argued with me all year on this where it's like he you know if he goes in and hits two threes in in six minutes or something you're very excited but the bottom line is they attack him and he tries hard it's not for like you know spencer had some brain fart plays bertans plays his ass off but he you know he moves like i do laterally for his fault (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, there was, uh, I don't know. Yeah. In that second half, gosh, there were some plays. I was just like, Oh man. You know, they finally went to Kleba, you know, which, you know, Kleba, you know, he hit, I think it was two of five threes tonight, which, you know, it, he, like you said earlier, he had some of those like really positive moments, but really some of those negative moments as well. So you got the full, Kleba experience tonight, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, which, you know, if he can make some shots, you know, I, it, it's like, why, why would you choose Bertans over just keeping Kleba in, in his, in his spot? You know what I mean? In theory, in theory, you got to keep Kleba out there because the, the defense was good. Now tonight his defense was not good this is, or today, excuse me. But basically, uh, I mean, he gave up three offensive boards to uh, to Hassan Whiteside, and they were pretty brutal. Include like it's just, you know, Maxie's. It's it, we got the full experience, that's for sure. Uh, yeah, and the, yeah, and just the only other thing is, uh, it it seemed like there was just some bad luck, you know. Besides, you know, the 
really weird officiating throughout the game, you know, like at the very end of the game, you know, when the game was close, like Royce O'Neal hit like a sidestep three pointer. (laughs) I was just like, what the hell? I've never seen him hit a shot like that. So, um, you know, it was, it it was stuff like that where I was just like, well, you know, if, if they're going to hit shots like that, you know, and the game is still close, maybe we have a shot in game two to maybe pull one of these out before Luca maybe hopefully can come back, you know? That's the hope. That's the hope for game two. Well, thank you, Derek. I appreciate it. Thanks, Kirk. Mm -hmm. All right, let's try Max again since the app was ignoring him. How you doing, Max? Hey, Kirk, how you doing? Can you hear me? There we go. All right, good deal. Sorry, I got a a phone call during the green. Ah, yes. I have been hosting one of these when my boss called. Not fun. Yeah, exactly. But I, I feel pretty good about the game. I know it sucked that we lost and pretty deflating, but I think that we performed fairly well given the given the situation. I, I still think that we need to steal the next game if Luca doesn't play. I think that that's going to be completely necessary if we want to close this series out. Yeah. But I mean the thing about the thing about the way that the Mavericks offense is engineered and I mean this is of course when you when any team loses like a top five player in the world, you know they're going to play, you know, radically differently. But so much of what makes Luca great, you know, in addition to his outstanding offensive production and his rebounds and his assists, um, he just makes everyone else on the floor better. Like so, so much of his ability is is sort of tied to that. And like, I mean, as, as people have mentioned earlier. Um, I mean, Dwight Powell, like, he is effectively neutralized as a lob threat when you don't have Luka on the floor. I mean, when you have when you have Jalen and Dinwiddie, they can't make those those lob passes. I think he had, like, No, we got so spoiled. And then you're, like, staring at a defensive player of the year who is huge. And the fact that they got one lob to him was actually surprising. Yeah, exactly. And it wasn't even that intentional of a lob. Dwight kind of took advantage of it. Um, but... But yeah, I I think that game two might be might be pretty scary if we don't have Luca back. I know they're probably gonna arrest him again, which is fine. Um, but like, you know, winning winning two games in a row at Utah is gonna be kind of kind of tough. But I mean, with, with Luka, we've Luka, not won in Utah in a long time, I don't think. Yeah. So yes. <laughs> but but with with Luca on the floor, you put anyone else in the world against him, I will bet. On Luca, pretty much, you know, 99 times out of 100, I I think he is that great, and you know, all of us do as well. Um, but I I, I think that if, if Luca comes back, game three, you know, I, I think that we have a a very good chance because as we've said, the Jazz are a completely dysfunctional team, and I I don't I I think that the wheels are bound to fall off in a seven game series. Yeah. Well, thanks, Max. Yeah, thanks so much, Kirk. Catch you soon. Yep. Talk soon. Okay. Let's bring on Caleb. Hi, Caleb. What's going on? I think you're, if I was reading the comments, you're our, uh, you're our jazz fan listener. So what do you got from, for this game? Yeah. Uh, can you hear me? I can. Nice. Cool. Um, well, I will say as a jazz fan, I don't want to win a game on a sidestep Royce O'Neal three. (laughs) I don't like that. I was not, I was not a fan of that. Um, I mean, I like the shot, obviously, but, um, 
Yeah, I, I'm surprised even without Luca on the floor, I was kind of expecting a little more switching on to Rudy, kind of forcing him out to the line. And because I was actually at the two jazz games in Dallas, because I live in DFW. And uh, I was kind of expecting a similar game plan that worked before and got those two wins for the Mavs. Yeah. But I didn't see a ton of that. And I'm thankful for it. But um, I'm also not going to bank on Spencer Dinwiddie uh, missing a ton of free throws. Or, but getting to the line 16 times is also yeah. preposterous. And like, there's yeah. just, there's like a yin and a yang for every element of this game. Cause I'm like, are the jazz just not going to pass to Rudy Gobert's ceiling every single time? Uh, you, know? you know, I mean, jazz Twitter, jazz nation has had that conversation all season and it's a little exhausting, but having watched Rudy now for several seasons and I love him, uh, when you give him the ball offensively, he's, he's, uh, not a one-note player, but like a few-notes player. So giving him the ball every time, sometimes he'll get the ball, he'll drop it, he'll fumble it, rebounding, he's phenomenal, but offensively, it's just limited. So I sure. think it's a bit, uh, it's a bit mm, bullish isn't the right word, but I, I think if you're not watching the Jazz every single time, you would say something like, why don't they give it to Rudy even more uh, or give it to him like all the time? It's because when it has happened, it hasn't produced always explicitly great results. Um, but I'm I'm still not, as a Jazz fan, like super confident that the Jazz can pull it off. Um, I don't think you can. Donovan really pulled it together in the second half. Um, I they just took Jordan. Clark Your cat has it. firm takes on this game. This is hilarious. Yeah, I, I you know, <laughs> away all day. It's dinner time. She's it's like, like why don't you feed me? The jazz cat. Back, but, I love it. Yeah, but um, I, I've i been down on the Jazz because there has been a lot of dysfunction. Uh, I was fortunate enough to go to a Jazz game uh, two weeks ago against Memphis, and that was super cool. They did a great job. Uh, I like the confidence, but I don't know. I, I would say telling Mavs fans, like, I, I, I'm – I the, the line on NBA.com right now is Jazz steal game one. And it kind of feels like that. Well, did you – I saw a stat yesterday. This is an incredible stat, by the way. In in uh, their career – this just shows you how many playoff series the Jazz have played um, over the course of their existence. In game one of road series, the Jazz before today were 5-26. and 26. Wow. So, wow. I mean, historically, it's just difficult to win on the road, like period. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, even with the – like the crowd in there was nuts tonight, which was great. And it's just like you go in, you steal one. Like that's why you call it a steal because it's just yeah. traditionally it's hard to do unless you're like the, the number one seed. Yeah, I mean, and it was a favorable uh, whistle for for the Mavs in the fourth. I think for a little yeah. bit for the Jazz, but I I think if you get the calls that Luca gets and when he comes back and you just get that kind of a whistle, but get it all game with someone like Luca, I, I, if the Jazz are being that reckless and not self aware, I, I don't see how the Mavs don't actually pull away some like significant victories. I think the jazz are going to have to make some changes if they're going to want to actually close out the series. Oh, well, I appreciate the take Caleb. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Sure thing. Have a good day. All right. Um, let's go to Charles. Who's been hanging out for a while. Hey, Charles. Hit that unmute button for us. But then again, it might be doing the same thing it was doing to max earlier. So uh, we'll give you a second. Um, and see if it will let you talk. Okay, finally, can you hear me now? 
I can. Did it did it like take a second to register you being on stage? It just take I was just hitting the wrong one, the, the circle around my face instead of the one down below. So Ah, no problem. Yeah, well, I'm glad I watched the regular season because that seems to be what we're better at so far. But yeah. I I personally feel like they they've been working so hard at the defense. They just they didn't really talk about making the ball move and it, it seemed like Brunson and Denwitty were intent on getting to the rim, getting, you know, you know, taking the ball to the hole early so that they wouldn't they wouldn't throw a pass that would get stolen, that the defense would be like concentrated on them. But then, you know, the rest of the thing, they 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 weren't efficient. They were like together like 15 of 39, which is what barely 37%. The rest of the team shot like 42%. Yep. And so yep. But then, of course, you know, if you lose by six, out rebounded by twenty-one, yay for that. But I mean, come on. I mean, there's. It just seems like they just uh, they were working too hard, and and the Jazz were had a, a much looser idea defensively, you know, to strategy-wise on us, and it worked. I mean, we basically were. I don't know. They just it just didn't seem like Kid was had any confidence to make an adjustment with somebody else like maybe bringing bringing Chris. He's bigger, he could rebound. It, it seems like the just like you said before during the season he sticks to that short rotation. Well, the and, team is like like that's what's challenging though Charles is this team that they built was built with players who were either playing above themselves they 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 relied on way too many guys who weren't as I don't want to I don't want to be too mean here. They just have high expectations for guys who can't bring it every night. Is kind of what it comes down to. Uh, yeah, I agree. Uh, Green is fantastic, but why I don't know why they're going to keep. I mean, I think they have to just be a little more judicious in the playoffs about how what what is going to be the offensive game plan i just i just feel like mm-hmm. yeah the defense is great but they need to start working with a little i mean kid really gives a lot of confidence to the players to to make decisions as he said they communicate you know and and he listens to what the players say well i think it's time for them to start getting you know some new ideas offensively because this series will be over quickly if, if it's pretty obvious Luca's not going to come back the next game at that injury will be lucky if he comes back by game three or four. That's what I'm planning on. For sure. Well, thank you, Charles. Yeah, sure. Thanks. Yeah, talk soon. All right. Coming up next is my man, Sam. Hey, Sam. What's going on, Kurt? Long time, no talk. Welcome, welcome. So uh, I think you actually made the point earlier, but I think this is something they need to look at in game two is – um. I think we're so used to playing with Luca, just with the way he plays, you know, the slow pace kind of guy, that we need to like really just speed it up in the in this um, game too. Like whenever whenever we did go on the fast break, we were scoring. I feel like easily at least get into the rim and you know get in fouls. So I really think if they do that in game two, we'll have a better chance. Um, I mean, hell, you know, we had a chance to take it with one minute left of maximum three. So mm-hmm. it's just one of those things to where. I mean, obviously, you thought you could steal this one. At this point, you just want to get a split. I feel like because I'm not as confident as everybody else, to tell you the truth. 
about oh Luca's gonna come back in game three, which is in one fourth period. Like I, yeah, I don't. I think game three is more realistic. Yeah, so I'd rather just get the split and then just hope that okay, we just gotta get one or two back in Utah, then it's best best of three, two out of three at that point. So yeah. that that's just my thing. That's what I want to say. Uh, you know, it was a tough loss, but a fun game with the playoffs. Well, Sam, you've been in here. You come to these for years now, and I want you to remember back when Luca hadn't been playing for most of December. And the Mavericks were kind of playing 500 ball without him. And there was a lot of chitter about, hey, you know, the ball's moving a lot more. This is great, yada, yada. And I guess where I'm thinking about, and and people were right, the ball was moving more. Like the offense was a lot more flowy. Um, I guess what I'm a little confused about is why they weren't, like they didn't do anything creative tonight. Like anything. It was really confusing. I think that was just because they were playing Utah. I think they were stuck in, oh, the last couple of games they played, they were just switching everything. And I just think they felt like they could just take advantage of that. So they were just kind of doing basic stuff, which I don't get neither. Like, I think they were. Mm. It's a good point about Utah, though, because, like, Rudy just mucks up the best laid plans. Like, that's his that's his deal. He's good at it. Yeah, so if, if it was anybody else, I think they might try something a little bit different. But I think they – and this is especially different because when uh when they were doing all that ball movement, they had Porzingis. Well, you know, they didn't have Porzingis. He was hurt. <laughs> right. But when, whenever they did have Porzingis, so it was just a lot more just, I guess you could say, just different flow of the game. And now that he's not there, you got another ball handler in Dinwiddie. It's just more, okay, well, we got two guys on the floor that can handle the ball. So one of them should be able to take advantage of a mismatch of some kind and at least get it to the get to the back or kick it over to an open shooter. Well, thank you for joining us, Sam. Not a problem. Have a good one. Yep. Talk soon. Okay, let's go to Armand, who's been waiting forever. How you doing, buddy? Welcome. You there, Armand? Give him a second here. He's not muted. Maybe he fell asleep. I would have fallen asleep after this game. My kid woke up at like six o'clock and was like, "It's Easter." I'm like, "It is not Easter." It is Mavs basketball day. Go back to sleep. Armand, why don't you try to come back up here, and I'll uh, invite you on if you can figure out what's going on with the audio. Sometimes when you switch apps uh, to anything that has audio, it like doesn't actually let you speak. I found that out when trying to get on with Mark Stein one day. Um, let's go with Josh. Hey, Josh. Hey, Kirk. How you doing? Good, good. Uh, yeah, I thought I thought it was um, I thought it was a valiant effort. Um, I noticed that. Kids seem to make a concerted effort to try to get uh, Utah in foul trouble, and he did a good job in the fourth quarter there. I mean, that was really – I don't know, you know, how much it was refs' calls as it was a concerted effort. Um, So I want to kind of give him a little credit. But I think when the team went away from pace – because in the beginning of the game, I mean, they were going hard with pace and things were really flowing, and then it seemed to get mucked down. Well, I mean, that's where where the the I don't understand why they didn't push more because the the muck came from like trying to execute this offense, which isn't really in a, a super effective offense without one of the best three players alive, you know. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I also think that. It was also, there was a little bit of like what you said earlier, like, oh shit, we're in the playoffs. It's different in the middle of that season 
like how you were referring to when when the Mavs were kind of keeping afloat without Luca, um, because there felt like less to lose because things looked kind of grim, right? And they there wasn't as high stakes, but in this game, it felt like they were like, oh, you know, the stakes are really high. It's a lot of pressure for guys like Josh Green, and I think maybe if you look at this game like a discard, and I know Mitchell had a poor showing, right, in for his standards, but I also don't think that Boyan is going to shoot like that every game. I, so I think that – He's tough, man. He's a tough player. Like the kind of shots he were getting in the first quarter, he was just getting all the way to the rim, you know? Because so, by, by like making a concerted effort to stop Donovan, it, it opens up Boyan to do what he did. And he missed some open threes too. Like he, he missed some wide open shots. Like Boyan is a, is a heck of a player. I've argued with Mavs people about him for years <laughs> because they're like, oh, he's going to be old by the end of his contract. And I'm like, so what? He can play. I don't know. Hmm, interesting. Uh, I, I guess I, I guess I should take a closer look. But um, I guess also what's weird is that with his size, I just imagine that somehow Luca would have ended up kind of guarding oh, yeah. the punch. Yes. And, and Luca, Luca would do a great job on a guy like that as opposed to other guys with quicker feet. That's I think that's a good observation because who who Boyan cooked alive were Brunson and Dinwiddie who Dinwiddie was just bad on defense and Brunson small so that's gonna happen. And I know there's a lot of people waiting so I think you're right. Uh, I would just say that as I've been listening, you know, talking about Dinwiddie and Brunson, I think I think actually that they really fought the whole game. And even if things weren't as efficient as they could be and all that, like, you know, these circumstances aren't ideal as they are. So I think that actually they did a good job of fighting. And, and hey, like people said, I mean, it was really it was really a couple shots from winning this game. And and in the second half, Mitchell got cooking, you know, and yep. and and the ball was, you know, the ball was uh, skipping around for the Jazz. And so hopefully, um, you know, I, I just hope that the Mavericks don't feel a sense of discouragement um, because it was a tough game and it felt like things were, you know, just grinding, trying to get it done. So I hope that that grind didn't discourage them and they come back encouraged in game two. And, yeah, I don't think Luka will be back till game three or four. Sure. Um, and there's no point in risking his his long term health. Um, let these guys let these guys uh you know show show if they got this medal um, because we'd need it if we got past this round. We need it against the Suns for sure. Well, thanks thanks for joining, Josh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. nice talking to you, Kirk. See you guys you soon. Well. Yeah, I think there's something to what Josh had to say uh, in terms of the fact that I think the rallies back were pretty important. Yes, the Mavericks lost. Yes, they had multiple opportunities to go down double digits and stay that way, and they just kept coming back. I think that's a positive. Okay, coming on next is Matt. Welcome, Matt. How are you? Matt, how are you? Hey, Kirk. How are you? I'm okay. I'm I'm taking it you're traveling back from the hey, game. Okay, I'm I'm taking it you're traveling back from the game. 
I'm actually not wish. I wish I had that kind of money to, to go to a playoff game. But no, no, I'm just driving. Um, but I just haven't pitched in here. Um, I and uh, I think the one thing I want to point out is like with with the pace that has been brought up. I mean. Uh, Jeskin Wade, which shout out to him for being back on the broadcast after his battle with, um, I want to say his cancer. Um, but it's really great to have him back on the broadcast. But he pointed out specifically that Jason Kidd was trying to get the, the pace going. And there were a couple moments I saw where, uh, where they, they increased the pace on a fast break. And it was pretty easy to score. Uh, I listened to your podcast with Iztok, and I think it was like 22nd, 23rd that the Jazz are rated in uh, transition defense. I mean, I would love to see the Mavs next game just try and run it more. Just try it, you know, at least. Um, I, 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 it's tough because it's like they usually don't play like that. So it's like how much of that can you change when all season you've been last in pace? Um but that would be something really cool to see. I think it is just encouraging that um, we, we definitely had our chances for sure. Um, the free throws, I, I'm not sure how much has been brought up on this on the screen room, so I had to step out for a second. But the free throws were so freaking frustrating, especially uh, uh, Spencer on, on his end, I think missed like six or seven, uh, maybe five. I could be wrong. But... Uh, if I were him, I'd be shooting 500 free throws after this game. Like, I, you, 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 they're called free throws because they're supposed to be free. And I, I, I mean, I know you're not one of them, but missing six or seven, when you're going to line that much, you can't do that, especially in the playoffs. And, you know, free throws aren't the reason why we lost this game, um, but you know, it, it's that what if of, man, if we had just had like five or six of those free throws go in, how much of a different game this would have been. Um, so anyway, those, those are my main points. Um, again, we'd just love to see the pace go up. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Matt, if you can mute yourself, we're getting feedback whenever I talk. Matt, if you can mute yourself, we're getting feedback whenever I talk. <laughs> no big deal. Um, I, I think the, the pay stuff is important to, to at least push a little bit more. Um, I suspect they do next game. Um, yeah, I, it, it's it's just it's a, it's a frustrating loss for, for lots of reasons, but it, overall I, I think you, you make a lot of, of, of good points. All right, Matt. Okay, there you go. Yeah, for sure. All right, Matt. Okay, there you go. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> One other thing, one last thing I just want to bring up, too, is that I listened to you and to, uh, and to the Locked On Mavs guys uh, most as far as podcasts go. They had David Locke of uh, Locked On Utah, of Locked On Jazz, and I think he's the, he's the radio guy for the Jazz, too. And he seemed to push back on the idea that, that Rudy Gobert doesn't get passed to a whole lot. And I, I want to say he brought up a stat about how uh, players with his field goal percentage don't get the ball passed to a whole lot, which is like, okay, but, like, this game does not, like, support that whatsoever because, man, I mean, it's already been pointed out in this green room, but, like, he was they, – they were not passing to him whatsoever. Like, it just the eye test just by itself 
like he was he could have gotten the ball a lot more um but yeah there was definitely uh somebody else that was on that said that you know they've tried that before but hasn't always produced the best results so it makes sense but that's definitely a thing like um no matter what people say like i mean he doesn't get the, the ball passed to a whole lot um so anyway just just kind of interesting to see that um didn't seem like he really destroyed us in this game which i guess was somewhat of a positive um but i guess we'll just have to see hoping and praying that luca comes back soon all right thanks matt um yeah i i'll put it to you like this rudy maybe shouldn't like if they would have lost the game if they'd have lost the game, Rudy not getting touches would have been one of the the, the speaking points. Um, all right, I gotta fly through some people because I gotta go soon. Chris, what's happening? Hey, Kirk, can you hear me? I can. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I just just hopped on the green room a few minutes ago, so I was at the game, and it was electric when we went on that run in the first quarter, and then the fact that we could have gone up two minutes ago with Maxi Cleaver, man, it just. It's so frustrating that we had this game and we're we're probably out rebounded by 20 rebounds and all the missed free throws. We had this game. It is so frustrating. My thing is, I know they were going to put Boban in this game, but do you think if Luca is sitting out game two and he's our leading rebounder, Luca? I mean, if he's out, do you think that they would just throw Boban in there and see what happens? I mean. No, because Boban, Boban's not that good of a rebounder either. Like, Boban, Boban is a bucket getter. <laughs> Why is he on the team, though? I know he's Luca's buddy and all, but damn, he's just taking up a roster spot. At this point, I would – and I know it's one game because I'm really not overreacting. I'm not too upset, even though it does suck in my case. I live four hours away from Dallas, so when they lose, I've got to drive back, and it sucks. Like, it's just – the last time I've been to a Mavs playoff game where we won was the Vince Carter buzzer beater. So I didn't go to that game six, 2014. You know, Monte Ellis was doing good, but this was the only one that I remember is 2014. It's just kind of – I'm not the bad luck guy, but I'm just saying, you know, it kind of sucks. Like, But I'm going to the game on Monday. Pray to God, Lucas playing. This Is there any news? I haven't looked on the mess – on this chat over here because I just got on the green room. Like I said, is there is there any positive news? I mean, no, we won't know till Monday night. Is it? Is there any inklings just because like if we lose, we lost this game? Like okay, he's he's probably gonna play Monday. I feel like if we would have won this game, he was definitely gonna set out Monday. But no, it won't be. No, it we won't, don't need to go down. It won't be back. It, it, he won't. He won't be back. I don't think. <sighs> okay. Yeah. Well. They're going to have to do something, get rebounds, and make your damn free throws. <laughs> For anyway, sure. but well, yeah, we'll see what happens on Monday. All right, have a good day, Chris. Drive safe. Right, have a good day, Chris. Drive safe. Thank you, sir. Right. Okay, let's go with Jeremy. Hey, Jeremy, how you doing? Doing good, man. Uh, going into the game, I felt like uh, if we just got a good game, I'd be happy, man, like a close game. But the closer the game got towards the end, it's like I found myself wanting to win it more and more. And it, it was frustrating with the way it ended because, like, after Maxi buried that first three and then he got the ball in the corner, I said it well before he shot it. It's like, dude, just because you made one doesn't mean all of a sudden you're on a streak, dude. Don't, don't shoot that damn ball. It was so frustrating, and it was the most pathetic shot. Like, I – 
I'm somebody who, even though I'm American, I was born in Germany because my dad was in the military. So I, I've found myself gravitating towards a lot of the German players in this league. I was a massive Dirk fan right away. And I've loved Kleba since he joined this team. But this year is the first year of my life. It's like, get this dude off this team, man. Like, I, I like the defense from time to time, but I'm just so damn frustrated with him as a player. And we got to be able to get somebody better than that. And Spencer with the free throws, it's unfortunate. I didn't see him missing that many, but I disagree with one of the previous guys that was up here. I do think this game was pretty much lost at the free throw line. And according to the officiating, I'm definitely not blaming this game on the officiating at all. Yeah. But I I absolutely hate the fact that they change the way they officiate these games from quarter to quarter. Sure. If it's a foul in the first quarter, it's a foul every bit of the game. You know, like – I'm tired of players getting preferential treatment because they have a reputation like Gobert. He gets away with murder. <laughs> it's like there's a lot of things that were frustrating, but all in all, I, I come away with a, a positive outlook because I think if Luca plays, I think we win this game easily. So, well, I, I mean, there's I, I I understand why you feel that way, and and I think everybody should go into game two just you know. If they would have gotten crushed, there would have been a lot more to take away where it's like, oh, no. And now I just, you know, there's some things that I'm worried about, but I think they're largely things they could clean up. At the same time, I also don't know if the Jazz are going to play that bad again. But then again, I look at the way the Jazz have played for a significant portion of this year, and the Jazz are just as Jekyll and Hyde as any as any team. Yeah, I believe that we are going to win a game or two from just pure shooting. I, I mean, I believe we'll see a game where Bertans – and maybe Brunson or Dodo, some of these guys catch fire. I think we're going to win a game or two that way. And ultimately, uh, I read it the other day. I read an article. I can't seem to find it any anywhere now. But I read like a day ago, somebody from Luca's camp, uh, I think it was from DallasBasketball.com, but they had reported that somebody from Luca's camp was basically saying that he was going to play game two. And then all of a sudden today I read these reports that uh, they think that the uh, injury is a little bit more serious than they initially thought. And I'm with you guys. I don't think he's going to be back until game three now. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know what changed, but. I didn't see that. The people that you listen to, and I have good friends at DallasBasketball.com, so may have been an aggregation because they do a lot of aggregation of other, other sites. But Tim McMahon. Adrian Wojnarowski, Sham Sharania have all been very specific in the words that they use. Where Tim McMahon went on the Hoop Collective and basically said he thought it'd be irresponsible for Luca to play before Game Three, um, and that sort of stuff matters to me. Whereas, and I love these guys; they do hard work. But you know, the Dallas Morning News has very much framed it in the sense of, well, we just don't know, and they're working with the information they're able to get. And these other guys were working with the information that they're able to get. And I think it just is safer to to be more pessimistic about the return, because if he there's you know, if he comes back and like the, the, the thing about this injury is he can come back and play badly because it affects how he plays. It's his plant foot. 
So that that's my concern there. Yeah, I'm with you. It's like as as much as it would be a tough pill to swallow, I'd rather sacrifice this series if that's what it comes to than risk a long-term injury with Luca because we I I don't agree with a lot of those people out there where this is a lottery team without Luca, but we're definitely not the same quality. I mean, it's hard to replace a top three, five talent in the league. And even more so, it's even harder for Dallas to get superstar players in here. It's why I completely understand why they swung for KP. It's like you, at some point you have to find a way to get really good talent in here. And I don't know why more players in this league don't want to play with Luca yet, but I believe that time is coming and quickly. Well, I hope you're right, Jeremy. But I won't take too much more time. I know you said you wanted to fly through, but I appreciate you letting me come up and, you know, talk with you. Like I said, I'm ready for game two, man. Let's move on. All right. Talk soon, Jeremy. Thanks so much. Yeah, thank you. Akiva, legend, what's happening? Hit the hit the hit the unmute. Tell us what's going. Okay. Okay, my my friend, can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yep, you sound good. So you keep hitting the mute button. Hello? Yeah, buddy, we can hear you. You're hitting the mute Uh, button. All right, well, he's having a hard time. That's okay. Um, CJ, what's up? Hit that unmute button for us now that you're up on stage. Hey, Kurt, can you hear me okay? Welcome, yep. Hey, thanks for having me. Um... I'd say after this game, I, I'm i optimistic about a few things. Um, you know, I can touch on the free throw stuff sure. later on. But I guess I guess right off the bat, uh, Jalen Brunson, um, can we now say that um, the question mark around his playoff production is over? I guess I'll ask that. In what way? Because he was horrendously inefficient. Uh... What did he have? He dropped. He dropped twenty. Was he? What was his field goal percentage? I need to double check. He was that. nine of twenty-four. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I. I mean, I, I felt pretty. I felt okay about him watching, but I mean, I guess maybe I'm just crazy here. Then. No, he's a good player. It's just it's like he missed enough where you're like, oh shit, he missed that. Like he. I, I mentioned this earlier. He was eight of twenty-one from two-point range. And so he dismissed okay. a lot of shots that I think he he normally hits, but then he also made some shots needlessly difficult. Yeah, yeah, I hear you on that. And then and and most of his shots, maybe half if if not more of them, he had Rudy Gobert in his face. So that that's definitely going to affect his shot. But um, yeah, I mean, at least kind of where I was sitting, like he he he's I I seemed okay with him. But um, let's move on to something else real quick. Um, sure. You know, I know. I know we can all give Dimwitty a hard time for the free throws and I can feel the frustration too, but you know, I think most players have been there, including Luca uh, for our last, um, you know, few years in the playoffs. Like, you know, he was shooting 50%, I think in some of those games. And um, I know he's cleaned it up lately, I think during the season, but um, I'm, I'm not as frustrated with Dimwitty and it sounds like not everyone is, but I guess for those people that are pretty, Where I'm frustrated with him is not his offense. Where I'm frustrated with him is this defense. And I got one of our writers, Mavs Moneyball, has been putting some clips in. He is, he was tired 
by the end of that game. And I think one mm-hmm. thing to consider with him coming back from this ACL tear is that it's good. You know, he, that his wind in physical fitness is going to, it, that stuff takes, that stuff takes a while to build up. And you play, like if you go from playing 28 minutes a game or whatever it is he played with, with the Mavericks to playing 36, which he played tonight. I mean, I'm just, I want to go look at what he, he actually like. Yeah. He, he, over his last 10 games, um, he averaged 24 minutes a game and he just basically and elevated responsibility too. Yeah. So like, there's some things to, to be, you can, you can go, okay, I get this, why he was tired, why he made mistakes. Yep. 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 And I think this is a perfect seg- segue, at least to what I think for game two. I'm curious on your take for this, but I, I think that we very much need to play Trey Burke, even if it's only for like, I don't know, five minutes or something, because there was that stretch in, I don't know, like the second quarter or something where we just were absolutely dry. And and I, I really, I, I, don't, I don't think that we should have Jalen Brunson and no other ball handler on the court. I, I know we, we're, we're strapped for ball handlers and all that, but like, I, I think that anytime Jalen Brunson um, is sitting, we need... Uh, Trey Burke in there with Dimwitty and you know Dimwitty's going to be pushed like you know to the limit with his stamina but I think it, we need to rotate Dimwitty and Brunson and Trey Burke and because watching our wings are are hella really good defensive wings try to dribble the ball and maxi too I'm just like Arr. and every time Dorian Finney-Smith brings the ball up the court I know we're giving him that responsibility sometimes but I'm still just cringing the whole time I'm like sure. please, please 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 no the ball handling stuff is very important and you I think the Burke thing has to be, it's like, if he comes in and misses two shots, you yank him immediately because he's either making <laughs> shots that. or doing nothing. This is why sure I was doing sort of something and trying though, right? Exactly. Like I was super pissy that the Mavs just had no interest in, in um, our man uh, Drogic because it's like, I don't think you can have too many ball handlers. I think you can have too many guys that need the ball. That's a different thing though, where, you know, you're looking to play somebody like seven, eight, 10 minutes. They got you. Um, the guy who I really love, and this is like unreasonable comparison, but like Monty Morris of the Nuggets is a guy who's like mm-hmm. stepped up this year. And he was like the perennial backup of just like guy who comes in and runs the offense. And Brunson's been doing that, but it's exactly what you're talking about. Like they had him and Josh Green dribbling the ball. Yeah. And that's that's oh. dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Like uh, he was 0-4 at least. And uh, I just wanted one of those to fall for him. I was pulling it for him. And he was hustling, getting loose balls and stuff. I was like, all right, yeah, you got this. Come on. Like, I feel okay about this pick. And then the corner threes are just like not falling. And I'm like, no. <laughs> well, and someone in the chat just mentioned, you know, I'd rather play Frank. Well, Frank Nilakina is going to miss this series because as an adult man, oh. he had his tonsils taken out. Oh, I didn't know that. Recently? So he's like, he's probably just not going to play. Like, cause uh, like, it, and apparently as an adult, having your tonsils out is extraordinarily painful. Cause it's like up mm. there back your throat and in the nasal thing. So I think he just might mm. be done for the series. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was, I was uh, crying when I had my wisdom. <laughs> so it's like mouth stuff nothing. is painful. <laughs> I, I'm not going to make I, fun I, of anybody. I, <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, anything else? Oh, last thing I had here. Um, and I think we might have talked about this already, but Maxie is, is seeming afraid to shoot. I know we have the ankle thing and all that, but like some of these, at least with how our possessions were going, probably in those situations where we only had a single ball handler on the court, 
like Maxi gets the ball in space between Gobert or whoever else. I'm like, just jack it up. Like I'd rather have that than you know more more of these other possessions. Even though he airballed one, but he was pulled immediately. But just jack it up. And like I, I prefer that over more passing. I don't know. No, I get it. I get it. Well, thank you for joining us, CJ. Yeah, thanks for having me, Kurt. All right, guys, we've got two folks, a few folks still left in the request. I'm sorry I'm five minutes over. My wife told me I had an hour. We're in an hour five, so I apologize. Um, we'll be back Monday night, and I'll stay up late Monday night with you guys because uh, then I don't got to – I got family stuff. So appreciate you guys hanging out. I'm really apologetic I wasn't able to get to everybody. I always try my best with that, but you guys are great. And uh, go listen to Mavs Moneyball on your feed. We posted a podcast before this, and we will see you guys after um, – And <laughs> The big shot says you should go longer during the playoffs. I should, but my wife also told me I had to go. So you'll you'll forgive me for that one. I apologize. Everyone have a great day. We'll talk soon. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.